Hello and welcome to On The Button, the video marketing podcast. In this episode, I was lucky enough to speak to Hannah West from Oracle, where she works in the EMEA comms team. I've known Hannah for probably about 20 years now. I know I don't sound old enough, but it is true. And it was amazing to catch up with Hannah again. Uh, Amongst other things, we talk about working with influencers and how to get them involved in the first place, newsjacking and creating more topical content, customer advocacy and convincing customers to take part, and importantly, measurement. Hannah tells us about how the approach with video at Oracle is all based around data. If you're enjoying the podcast, please remember to subscribe and share. Okay, so Hannah, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Um, for those that don't know you, it would be great to get a little bit of an introduction as to, to who you are, where you work and what you do. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, I'm Hannah West. I work in the Oracle EMEA communications team. Um, I'm based in Spain, but the team that I work with is based all around Europe, Middle East and Africa. Um, I've been working in comms for over 25 years. And my role at the moment is all about creating content for our country PR managers to use with their media, with their influence to tell interesting stories. And of course, the stories are about technology because we work for Oracle, but we try and create all our content with a view to what does this technology actually mean to people in life? Brilliant. Okay, so it, I mean, we work a lot in technology, and sometimes it is quite a challenge, right, to to um, to bring that to life. Um, so, can you tell me about the different forms? I, I assume you're using video, but tell me about everything that you're using to do that at the moment. Yeah. So, my with the Amir Communications team at Oracle, our huge focus is developing the right social assets and content for different channels. Um, as someone who Uh, absorbs content they're not going to think oh is it on LinkedIn is it on Twitter they're going to think oh is this interesting for me so we try and create um, video content that's short that's snappy that's sweet and I guess it's everyone's goal to create content that someone's going to watch and then remember and think about or gets reminded of afterwards so we're creating content for social assets great well I, I ran a webinar yesterday actually on how long films should be Mm. Um, and interestingly you know the the trend tends to be towards shorter films now but if you look at the data dwell time on websites for example is significantly longer if you put longer form content on your website so it sounds like you're producing content specifically for social do you also use video on the website as well yes we do and just to just to just to touch on what you were talking about yesterday it's a really interesting question so our rule of thumb from the data that we've analysed over the past year is content for social should be, what, 30 seconds. But thinking about trying to develop a, a stronger, impactful YouTube strategy, I've spoken to a lot of the influencers we work with, and they're very much assuring me and thinking about longer form content again for YouTube. So I think that's really evolving. I initially, I'd say, yeah, it's got to be short. It's got to be 30 seconds. But now I'm thinking for YouTube content, what do we want someone to actually do? And I think longer form, there is a place for it. But answering your question on the website, yes, we develop longer form content for our website. So that's kind of the second part of the journey. If we if we're talking to someone on a social channel, they want to know more. We want to share more. We are using longer form content on, on O.com. 
I talked to an SEO specialist um, and they said that obviously the, the more time people spend on your website, the better your page ranks. So obviously longer form content can can really help with that. You mentioned influencers there, though. That's really interesting. Can you tell me about a little bit more about how you work with influencers and maybe how you get them involved in the first place? Yes. So we've been working with influencers for the past 18 months, two years. And I think it's, it's common when you work for a fairly large corporate to get a bit um, isolated in your own brand's thinking. And really, with all our external communications, it isn't about what we at Oracle think. It's what our customers think that really matters and understanding what they think. So technology influencers, sustainability influencers, AI influencers really help us come out of our little Oracle room that we sit in and help us understand the issues and topics that we should be talking about. They, they challenge us, they ask us questions on, on, on the content that we should be making, and then they create content that we can get involved with. Obviously, they're independent, so they will talk about our competitors and they'll talk about all the in issues and trends that they're seeing externally, but they will, in they will then encourage us to involve, contribute with not just video form content, but commentary, uh, reviews, and also conversations. Working with external influencers, make sure the conversation is relevant all the time. But it must be, um, I mean, some some might be a little bit nervous to um, to lose that control that you have if you are using with external influencers rather than controlling all of that communication yourself. Is that something that concerns you? Is that something you can control? Or, you know, how does Oracle feel about that? We have to be relevant to our customers and we have to have a conversation and and. Everyone is, it's, it's, everyone says this all the time. Everyone's consuming information all the time through LinkedIn, through Twitter, through their email. And if we're not making sure we're creating engagement, then no one is going to listen to what Oracle has to say. So we have to come out of our zone. And yes, of course, we've got corporate, corporate stories we want to tell. Yes, we've got a lot of interesting products we want people to know about got a lot of interesting research about AI that we want to share but we have to think what do actually people want to hear about and engage in topics that are relevant to other people outside Oracle so influencers help us do that they help us to yes put forward our message but also respond and be aware to other topics fantastic and obviously you've said there you cover Europe how, how does this change across Europe I mean do influencers carry more weight in certain parts of Europe? Do you use the same influences across Europe or do you find sort of different influences across different regions? How does that work? Yeah, um, we are very fortunate in that we've got very good local relationships with influences in, in all the countries that we work in. And it's like any relationship. These things develop over time. We've got to know people over time who talk with a great authority and great knowledge on lots of different topics that we're interested in. We've built those relationships up and we're always looking for new influencers to work with as well. But to answer your question, uh, local influencers who understand the local landscape, and the local issues, is really important. One really good example of that is obviously in Europe, <clears throat> looking after data in different countries is hugely complicated with regulation and compliance. And so therefore, it's very important for us to work with influencers who can help shape the conversation that's relevant, say, to data in France, as opposed to data being managed in Austria or Switzerland in Germany. So local knowledge of, local, of issues 
and culture and how to communicate Brilliant. is like, really important. Yeah, and I guess those influences give you that insight. I, I constantly talk to our clients about um, creating content for your audience rather than at your audience um, and getting them involved in the conversation as early as you can. I assume those influences, you get involved right at the front end, do you, so that you can kind of start rather than deciding what you want to make and then trying to find an influencer that can help you do it. You yeah. get, do you get them involved a little bit earlier? Than yeah, that? we um, a very good example is an influencer that we work with in Switzerland who's a, a global finance influencer, actually. she Although she's based in Switzerland, she has um, impact around the world. And she constantly shares her, her very candid feedback on what's happening with banks and financial services, how they're using, using digital technologies, and then quite openly where she thinks Oracle should be taking place in that conversation what's relevant to us and what what isn't relevant to us oracle is a software company and yes we want to talk about payment safety traveling well new technologies to help with different forms of business but we have to keep within a conversation that's relevant to us it's like being at a party you always know when someone's telling you something that actually they don't really know anything about. Absolutely brilliant. And so you've talked there um, earlier a little bit about um, customer stories and customer advocacy. That's obviously something we're heavily involved with and is very popular at the moment, obviously. Tell me a little bit more about that, about how you encourage or how do you how do you convince your customers to get involved? Yeah, obviously customer advocacy, as you say, is huge. And it goes back to my point about not Oracle telling the story, but asking our customers if they will help tell what we've how we've worked with them from their point of view and what we try and do is it, it's a very good point about content create interesting content for the, with the customer that shows their benefits to their customers we are quite b2b oriented as you imagine at oracle so if you have a customer like um retraced it's a very good example retraced is a german company and they give um, supply chain software to many organizations, but particularly sustainable fashion companies. So we work with Retrace to create content to show how sustainable fashion is working with their customers. So it's not about just Oracle and Oracle's customer, but it's about the people that benefit from that. So we, it's not, it's, I know what you mean about convincing them to do, to do comms with us, but it's, What's the joint story that will benefit their customer? And then if you've got that, it's easy. Yeah, so it's all about something that's mutually beneficial, I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And interesting. I mean, it goes back to what's interesting content in that area that people think, yeah, that's relevant to me. I can empathize with that. We were talking this morning about one of the most successful pieces of content that we made last year as, as a PR team. And it was actually a very simple video about an airport. Um, it just resonated because it was at the right time. It was very creatively done and um, it was short short and sweet on the right channel. And it, it's, it sounds simple, but can people empathize with it? Do they like it? Is, it? is it interesting and fun? And does it involve human beings? I think they're all really important, but simple rules to create content by. Absolutely. At videos, it works best when when it's emotive. That's where, you know, where we've had our most successful content. How do you said there it was successful? 
when I run another webinar recently, 11% of people said they don't measure video at all. Ooh. How do you, how do you, you said it's successful, that, that example. How do you measure the, the effectiveness of the content yeah. you're making? So my, um, my, my boss is, won't move, won't let me do anything unless there's data to behind it. So we're very metrics driven in terms of our ideas. So we measure um, engagement. A lot of um, campaigns, you initially measure views of content. So how many people have viewed your post on LinkedIn? How many people have viewed your post on Twitter? But for us, the key thing is measuring engagement because someone can hover over something for two seconds and that's ticked as a view. But it's so who's engaged, who's commented, who's shared, who's who's liked. And if there is, if someone has clicked on something, that is engagement for us, and that's how we measure. And we're really focused on creating less content with better engagement and learning all the time. We are early stages of our journey in terms of engagement and measurement. But in the last year, it, we've learned a lot around what creates views versus what's, what creates engagement. Brilliant. Yes, we've run campaigns for clients where view rates are through the roof, but click-through rates are very low, yeah. uh, and then and vice versa. Yeah. And obviously for us, or for our clients, usually they want those clicks. And so we have to tweak the approach yeah. to encourage that. And when you're in a PR team, obviously click-through rates are very important because the goal is to try and get some get someone to read a little bit more about your, what you want to talk about. But we're also very much about engagement. So if you're thinking about the old marketing phrase, top of funnel, we're up here. We're about awareness. So it's engagement and it is click-through rate. And I think when you're running a campaign, be, you have to be really clear about those objectives up front. Otherwise, you, you won't be able to measure impactfully, I suppose. I guess you have a little bit of an advantage in that Oracle is a very well-known brand. Um, and so that attracts people's attention. But how else do you stand out? Because obviously, especially in the tech sector, all of our clients are desperately making content to to, to stand out and be seen. And it's pretty crowded out there. It so is. what is it that you do yeah. to make, make people watch? Everything we do has to be customer-led. So we try, uh, as we've said earlier in, in this conversation, we try and tell our, our story through our customers. So it isn't Oracle banging, banging the drum. It's a very relevant customer to a very relevant audience. So that's the first thing. The other thing is content that resonates in a wider sense. So the pandemic is something that sadly everyone has been very aware of over the last 18 months. We've done some, we've done quite a lot of research and, and work with the Tony Blair Institute as one example, or Oxford University as another example on how to manage and distribute vaccines, how, how to research new variants in the future. They're really obvious examples of content that people will be interested about now at this moment. So it's, it's very, very timely, relevant content. We could do a lot more content on all sorts of products, which is very niche, but when you have a limited budget, limited time and, and limited impact in the noise that you've just referred to, it has, it's, we're trying to scale down and focus on content that really is super relevant now. And as much as possible through the lens of our customer, not through the lens of a corporate. It's certainly something on the strategy sessions that we run. We we talk to um, 
uh, talk to the attendees about newsjacking, really, looking at what people are searching for now and what's topical and seeing at what kind of spin we can put on it from our perspective that our, our audience would be interested in. And it sounds like that's exactly what, what you guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah. One example, I think, of, of sort of newsjacking is we ran a campaign in December with an influencer called Lisa Forte, and it was is called Rebooting Holidays. And it was it, it, we spoke to one um, security expert from a different country every day in December. It was an advent calendar approach. And they created a 20-second vignette of what their biggest security concerns were for last year and what they would want to change or do differently for this year. Because it was all at the time at the end of the year where people were working from, from home and big concerns about security and security breaches as there always are so we we i think took that moment of relevance and worked with her to get people from all walks of life not just in technology to talk about security and that was good content that was every day for december it sounds like you're coming up with some amazing ideas how much of that is um you know when it comes to video how much is it your team and how much do you rely on agency a video agency to help you with these ideas yeah that's a great question. I mean, we're really fortunate um, in Oracle is that in that we have um, a very expert and experienced in-house PR team. And we also have quite a big network of colleagues in marketing as well, that when we all work well and integrated together. But we do also have um, an external agency who are very good at as taking us out of the Oracle world. And, and giving us that advice in terms of what's relevant with, with social content. You can never get too much. I, I mean, I suppose you could get too much advice. You'd never get anything done if you just sat and got advice the whole time. But you do need external advice. You do need you do need to be challenged outside your brand, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think the best relationships between agency and client are the ones where it feels like a partnership, where you do work together on these yeah. things. Um, and that's certainly the case for us. You talked earlier about the, the security experts telling you all about their their hopes for the future. What if you could create any kind of video content and budget was no issue? Where do you think you could create the most success? How? What kind of content would you make? If budget were no issue. If budget was no issue, yeah, and you could do anything. So there was no so and and there was no pandemic. So there's yeah, no travel restrictions. Or anything like that. I think yeah. that for us to create more content about how, how AI will impact the future of work and, and people at work and their skills and their development and how AI can help automate all those things that people don't want to do and help them as individuals develop. I think that would be really interesting content to make. I, I think to do more multimedia content where you, you can step into a project one of my colleagues made a huge amount of hot chilies during the pandemic. He became very popular and he wanted to create them en masse for his friends. So he used cloud technology to monitor what was the best way of making it en masse, on a mass. So I think making a video where you step into the world of, of a hot chili would be amazing. And Alice in, Wonder, Alice in Wonderland experience of a project using multimedia. I think bringing this, that sort of technology to life is really important. I think it's quite hard. And I think you do need budget to be that creative. 
So AI, creative content. And then the third one is how organizations like Oracle and Oracle's customers can really show the impacts of being sustainable for the future. We do a lot of work with high performance computing to clean up waterways in some parts of Europe at the moment. That's a great project and you can show very visually birds and rubbish and how drones can help tidy that up. But that's one example. And I think there are lots of great sustainability projects and initiatives that should be shown in a much more detailed way. So I think sustainability, AI, and then those real creative projects, that's, that's where I think we should go. It's interesting. When I ask that question, I, I usually get very, very similar answers around basically thought leadership and a kind of documentary style approach is what people tend to want to do. But it takes a lot of time to put that kind of content together. And that obviously it has budget implications as well, I guess, yeah. which is, I, I think it makes it a bigger opportunity for those that do actually get around to doing it. And we're talking to a number of clients at the moment about especially around ESG and the sustainability, creating, creating yeah. kind of thought leadership pieces that generally, like you said earlier, people are interested in and want to watch. And we all hope that the the mighty organizations like Oracle are doing their bit to help. And it sounds like, sounds like you guys are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like all, all big organizations, we have our goals. We've made massive strides in terms of clean energy, but there is always a way to go. It feels like we're making progress. Um, so, um, finally, then, obviously, you know, I've, I've talked about clearly I'm an Oracle fan. I've talked about how, you know, how you're a rec- recognized brand and you have been since as long as I can remember, which is amazing. But what tips would you give to maybe smaller brands that don't have the resource and don't have the brand recognition that you guys have? How can they make the biggest hit with video? Yeah. And I've obviously worked um, pre Oracle um, for startups. I've been a freelance. So I've, ha- I've had kind of experience across the, the different sides of organizations. Get your phone and make really cool, fun, human videos that are relevant to people. Use things like LinkedIn stories and just trial and pilot and experiment. I've seen some amazing work on LinkedIn um, where people are just getting involved in conversations that they care about. So I think create lots of stuff and keep learning and ask for advice and take advice. Fantastic. I often talk actually about secret weapons think about what your secret weapon is and most organizations will have one it's it might be a person in the organization that has unique experience or character yeah. that you can that you can call on it might be a product that really stands out which might be more obvious but it might be a unique perspective that no one else has on something that's very topical that people want to watch um or hear about which is great thank you that's really useful information there and i'm sure the audience will find it helpful that's brilliant. So I think we're, we're kind of coming to the end of our, our time now, but I really appreciate you spending the time to talk to me all the way from Spain. Yeah. Um, my final question before we do go then is all about as we come out of the pandemic, how do you think your role and maybe the role of video is going to change over the next 12 months? That's a really good question. I think people have learned to be quite discerning in terms of what they consume because they've had opportunities to consume things in very different ways, being at home for over a year for most people. So I think people have their favorites now and are very quick to leave content that they don't want. So I think being relevant, that relevancy is gonna be even more important. I think there's an expectation that people can find things quickly and people don't have the patience to sit and dwell and search. So 
search engine strategy, really important and relevancy. Perfect. Thank you, Hannah. That's amazing. Thank you again so much for joining Thank me on the session today. I, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I have. <laughs> Good. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the On The Button podcast. It's brought to you by Big Button. Big Button is a strategic video agency. You can find out more about our work at bigbutton.tv. I hope you can join us next time. <laughs>